Hey, welcome back to another week of the Trading Triangle. I am your host, Trader Nate, and here with my friends, Sean and Kay. How are you doing this week, Sean? Yeah, great. Thank you. I had a really good week. A bit red week, actually, but, you know, I felt good. Yeah. Feels good. It was, a, it was a, a tough trading week, no doubt mm. about it. Got some green trades in there, but it was not an easy week. I agree. Uh, how about you, Kay? Hey, it was a great week, honestly. You know, we need to see some reds and pullbacks. So I won't say that you made a lot of money, but, you know, it was a good week. It's a good pullback week. Yeah, we got healthy pullback, I would call it, and uh, finding some support levels in some spots and in others, maybe not so much. So definitely take a look at that this week. Um, had some interesting numbers come through, so we'll also take a look at that, like uh, just running through the indexes like we do. And actually, before I get to it, our disclaimer, right? So really quickly here, um, remember, we are not financial professionals. We are not financial advisors. This is uh, purely for educational and entertainment purposes. And hopefully you're enjoying it every week as we do. I'd like to get together here and prepare for our trading week ahead. So, um, all right. Having said that, let's get to the charts here. And, um, you know, taking a look at the market overview, uh, S&P was down just slightly, 0.31 last week. So up 16% on the year, a little bit more. Uh, the Dow gained some ground up 0.62 and up 6.44 for the year. Um, NASDAQ gave up some ground. So tech did pull back nicely, um, down 1.9%. Still up strong, 30% for the year. And then the Russell 2K small caps dropped 1.65. So didn't like to see that up 9.3% for the year. Um, Bitcoin still up 77%. Um, as of you know, looking at it just this morning, down just a little bit on the week. Um, ho hovering between 29K and 30K. Really having a hard time getting out of that range as of lately. And then the VIX. So we talk about the rough week, guys. Uh -huh. But the VIX dropped it was down it almost six percent right it's uh it at 1484 i think it closed at it so, is 1484 last week yeah. it was 1609 so yeah yeah so a big drop um but yeah some of the names here on the uh, you know just notable the chips right semiconductors drop you got nvidia down nine percent uh avgo right there in the dead center screen uh, at the top there down six percent um, we also had Microsoft and Meta down three, four percent respectively, and then Tesla down seven uh, percent. So all the big tech uh, names have been really doing well this year, getting that breather. And then uh, I noticed healthcare and energy both kind of caught a bid last week. They were doing yeah. well. So yeah, what do you anything uh, anything else jump off the page for UK? Yes, you missed the best stock of the century, which is Apple, which is also down. <laughs> it uh, was. No, but. <laughs> but uh, uh, jokes aside, I, I think uh, energy really was the star. If you were trading energy, I think you would be much happier. Uh, that's why I was smiling and I was enjoying. I was trading energy as well. And I know, Nate, you, in your Discord group, you send, did send the signal for Exxon Mobil. So that was something for folks who, who don't know. Definitely check out the links for uh, Nate's uh, Discord group. Um, I think... Um, yep. I, I think we don't talk about healthcare much on this channel, and maybe we should start looking into healthcare as uh, uh, some of those names are waking up. Yeah, right? right, right, exactly. Because we don't talk about healthcare much. We are always onto the EV sector, semiconductors, tech, maybe energy, but I think maybe bringing healthcare, couple names, and if you know anybody in the anybody who's watching and they want us to you know follow a particular ticker, otherwise we can always go to the ETF side. Uh, I believe it's a. I, I don't forget, but I think one of the sticker symbols is for the healthcare. We can start oh, looking I, at those. Yeah, XLH, I believe, or XLH. XLH, yes, yes, that's the one. Yep. And we've got some, there's some other interesting ETFs, by the way. IHIs, like medical devices, is one I keep an eye on. 
Um, is XLV, is that right? I can't remember. You're right. I got to re refresh my memory in the healthcare space. Some yeah, it's, yeah it, that's the most uh, ignored sector for me. Yeah. I personally <laughs> don't invest in healthcare much. Yeah, same. Um, and then energy, I do have an energy ticker here coming up. So, Sean, we'll add to your neo talk in the, in the EV space, and we'll look on the other side of the coin with some different energy names. So that should be good. Awesome. All right, let's keep it going here. Um, so, yeah, fear and greed. Down into the greed, like, squarely now. So that was good to see. Uh, mentioned the VIX pulling back. So I feel like we can move, you know, forward and maybe upwards from this spot versus – feeling like it was kind of tough to do when we're in extreme greed. Um, Kay, I know you like you like this chart in particular. How do you feel about being at 66 here? I I think it's a it's a good signal. Um, it can also be related to your put and call. It says 0.88. It was 0.80 last week. So you can clearly see that there are more put options open, which also relates to your fear and greed index. Uh, surprisingly, the wicks fell. That is... Um, a little bit of a confusing sign because generally even you, there's more right. volatility in the market, which should be going up. Uh, and I think that has to do with something with all the earnings pretty much being wrapped up. There are earnings coming up, but we don't have those major earnings coming out anymore. You just have NVIDIA left, maybe a couple other big names next week, uh, which you, I know we'll go to the next slide. And But pretty much it's wrapped up. So I think that's one of the reasons the VIX has gone down. Um and we, I guess it's more of a wait and watch. Generally, August could be a month that could be, you know, that could have a pullback, especially yeah. by coming to the end of the summer. So, And um, just interestingly, three weeks ago, it was 0. 0.65 on the put to call. Yeah. So yeah. that's a dramatic change, I think. I don't know if that's, if you've seen that before, Kay, but um, that's before I bring that up. Exactly. And that was the reason why the wicks also went up. So those are all mm. indicators are connected. And, you know, I mean, the... And we were in extreme greed actually three weeks ago. We were like 88 or something like that. Right. Yep. And we just dropped. Uh, I just hope we don't drop to the extreme fear now. That's, <laughs> that's something, you know, we don't want to see. We want to see a healthy pullback. Where would you feel comfortable dropping to? Or are you okay where it is now? Or do you think it should be slightly higher? Or do you want to see it back to neutral? That kind of thing. I, 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 mean, I mean, for me personally, because I have a bullish strategy, I would like from here maybe maybe get to the neutral and then reverse back but mm. i think as we yeah. go through the charts uh, especially when we touch the apple chart i want to i'll show you guys when you look at the daily and the weekly it paints a different picture altogether for us and and that's where you know i think you know market will be driven by tech uh, if it gets a major pullback then where are we going to invest right probably energy probably healthcare so something to you know think about in the coming weeks no, interesting yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Let's look at the earnings coming up. I do think getting CPI and PPI numbers behind this probably helped that VIX drop in too, by the way. Um, but yeah, some some big names here that I'm paying attention to this week for sure. I got a chart on Home Depot, which is you know Tuesday before the open. Um a company I haven't ever mentioned is On On, ticker O N O N. Um, it's a Swiss retail company. So I'll just go throw a curveball out there and say go check that out. Chart wow. looks really nice. I don't have it this week, but I did include it in the TNT community, in the Discord community. So um, they report on Tuesday as well. They make shoes and sportswear. And, um, yeah, I think they're the, the chart looks like it's coming up. So 
something to look at. But then, yeah, a couple other names. I don't know if you guys ever followed PaySafe, but whoa, that's that was a rough one uh, if you did back in the day. And uh, honestly, don't write it down, John. Just just ignore PaySafe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what names are you looking at this week, Kay? Uh, I think for me personally, I'm looking at Monday.com. That's a SaaS software in the project management, task management space. Uh, nice. Not from a buying or trading standpoint, just from my personal experience with using the tools. So I just want to keep a track on how you know how they are performing. It's a growing company, by the way. I think Home Depot, as you called out, uh, it's it's one on the block. I think Target is another one, and Walmart. Yeah, so if you if you think about those, are some big names from the retail side. And um, last season, I did a trade on Zim, which is on reporting before earnings, and they had a special dividend. So I used the wheel strategy to capture the dividends, uh, and that was like a $600 dividend on 100 stocks. So that was a massive 20 25% of the value was on dividend for that one. So that was a good trade, I would say. That sounds like a great trade. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah but... It, not anymore. It's back to uh, there's no more additional dividends. And I think John Deere is another one on my um, list. Yeah, that's a good one this week. What about you? You got anything on the list this week, Sean? I see Xping up there. Do you follow Xping? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I think the Chinese company says so JD.com and Tencent yep. as well. Xpeng. Interesting to see how kind of China economy is kind of uh, yeah, going forward, really, if, if they are. Um, so it'd be interesting to see kind of their earnings. But that's what I'm looking at this week. And of course, the, the kind of retail sales side, which you've touched on already. So, yeah, interesting week. Yeah, I regret not talking on Capri last week that was uh, acquired by Tapestry. Tapestry is reporting Thursday. Capri was up like 50% or something yes. ridiculous, right? And uh, it's a so, name I've followed, but I just wasn't on point with it last week. And and for folks who don't know what Nate is talking about, it's Michael Kors is being acquired by Coach. So Yeah, there you go. That's exactly what it is. So, all right, good stuff with earnings. Some, some, you know, no big market movers like we mentioned uh, last week, but definitely some names that are of interest for, with respect to a trade. Um, and then, Sean, I'm going to hand it over to you. We'll get into some charts here. Yeah, of course. So this is the spine. I've got a few talking points here, as, as you can see. Um, I've switched from black lines to kind of teal lines just because I've fancied the change. <laughs> but, yeah, we can see that we're kind of at a pivotal point. And we've been mentioning the 444 level for the last three, four yeah. weeks, I think. Um, you can see the last, it's been about three or four weeks worth of trading where it's kind of gone a little bit sideways, a little bit up there towards that kind of, I think that's 458, and then just kind of basically dropped ever since. So it's been a bit of a rocky three to four weeks. Um, and we've been mentioning, like I said, the 444 level. And we're here now. Um, we did have a little bounce off of it on just before close on Friday. Um, but then, obviously, we, we came back down to that level just like, just before close, uh, just before closing bell. So it'd be interesting to see if we get some sort of gap up on Monday, and it does really respect the 444. Or, of course, we, we come down, <clears throat> excuse me, below 444 because obviously 444 is not an exact level; it's not there; it's, it's not you know cemented. It's um, so it, so nice and clean to say just 444, though. I really it like is. It. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it almost did to the penny the other day, to be honest. Um, but yeah, yeah. if we come down and we touch that 50 moving average um, and then have a nice little bounce off of that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and we have like a nice, uh, the buyers come in who have a nice candle where the kind of the, the, the finishes at the top, that would be great. Um, but another thing I wanted to kind of touch on here is the kind of 50 moving average a bit further down in, in this picture, kind of May, June area, where I've highlighted the red dots. 
where it hasn't quite touched a 50, but it does kind oh, of yeah, respect that's... it. So yeah. we can kind of see a little bit of, um, I don't know, mirror image, should we say, with what we're seeing now. Kind of a pattern, um, right? <clears throat> exactly right, yeah. I said to have something in my throat, which is a bit odd. But yeah, we have um, a little bit of price action around the 50, but that's what I see on, on this chart. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't even notice those gaps there. That is interesting that we've got it here because I was wondering, literally wondering, like, do we need to see it drop below the 444 and, and touch that 50-day moving average that's, you know, come up nicely? And, you know, we've talked about it in past weeks where the we've seen a lot of names move sideways, and now we're seeing the market spy moving sideways, allowing the moving averages to catch up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. If we get a nice bounce, it'll really be a great way to start the week. And then I'd be targeting that 20-day moving average to see if we can get above that, which is right around 452. Um, if we can get above the 20, I would be pretty thrilled. Exactly. So, and that's what I kind of mentioned on the QQQ, which we'll see in a minute. Sorry, no, nice. Before, yeah, before you go to QQQ, I think there's some interesting numbers on the on the options, right, for the weekly. So last week, we had 800,000, 851,000 put options on SPY versus only 634,000 call option so that's that's 1.34 as the put to call ratio um then this week which is going to be the next week uh, and week ending 818 it's 0.99 so it's it's a oh, drastic wow. change yes so you have much more so it's a pretty flat right you have 110,000 call options and 109,000 put options on spy so, so yeah so to kind of break that down a little bit okay you're saying that we went from you know an overly I don't want to call it overly bearish, but a more bearish position from the option standpoint to a little bit more neutral. To the more neutral. And and I think it's because you may be on this this level of 444, which kind of is a is a decision making where I think it's it's a wait and watch for the buyers and the sellers to see a direction before they make it. And this could lead to more of a a barcode trading. Right, you know, the, in a kind of a range, we might not go back to the twenty-day moving average anytime soon, but we might not fall either. Right, it could just be, you know, a fight between bears and you know bulls, buyers and sellers coming in. That's what the data says as of right now on the put to call. And then, by the way, the following week it jumps to two point zero two, which means you have hundred and ten thousand put options open versus only fifty-four thousand call options. Now, as you go further out in the time, generally the data gets a little bit more difficult to, you know, assess or sure. even, yeah, right. You know, you, you don't want to make all decision making, but still I would say that this is a drastic number from 1.34 last week, you dropped to 0.99 this week. And then the following week is 2.02. So what's going on? I think we, we should also look at a couple of news and sentiments and what's should keep an eye on those things as well. Yeah, uh, whatever news is coming is going to probably capture the headlines since there's not a lot of other things going on, right? Not yeah. the rate decisions and what have you. Yeah. No, it's an interesting market at the moment. Keep it rolling to the queues. Yeah, absolutely. So this one is um, on this chart. I've got a, it doesn't look great, does it? I mean, this is the daily on, on the QQQ. And we, it looks like we've kind of broken the 50. Um, and I've drawn a little trend line, a negative trend line there as well, because if you deep down on, on the kind of one hour to two hour, it, it gets a little bit more solid when you look at that trend line. Obviously, it doesn't look so good there. But it looks like we're kind of at below, maybe coming towards that 357 level, which is not ideal, especially if we follow that trend line down. 
Um, but obviously, if the spy gets a gap up, then obviously the QQQ probably will get a gap up too. But I think the next day is pivotal, uh, pivotal, pivotal should we say. Um, so we need to come back above or at least close around the kind of top of the trend line. And uh, likewise, that 50 moving average as well, which is around about 368. So we need a really a nice day on, on Monday, not like a huge percentage, but just to kind of reclaim that 50 um, nice and quickly. I don't know if you feel the same. Um, yeah. That's how I, I see this chart. And then obviously, just to add on to that, we've got the 20 moving average, which you touched on in the SPY chart, Nate. Um, that'll be interesting to kind of tackle because it is curving a bit more than the spy, which is why yeah, I kind of yeah. did it on this one. And when it starts to curve, it gets a little bit dangerous. Um, but we've seen that with tech. Uh, the tech seems to be selling off a little bit more than kind of healthcare and all that kind of stuff we've spoken about before in this, in this call. Um, but the last point I want to touch on is just above me and, and Kayla, you've got a couple of red highlighted areas. Um, and we can see that this uh, QQQ on a daily doesn't always admire the, the moving averages. Um, so it does dip below, and it does come back up in, in, in the next two to three days. So I wouldn't say if it does break this 50 in the next day, don't don't say it's got to drop down to, to the 200 straight away. So it could just come straight back up. That's what tech does. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, I'm going to get us out of the way here and look at the bottom <laughs> left corner of the chart there. Um, that's the only spot where the 20-day actually rolls over nicely. And you notice the candles do pull back, right? We get a pullback. But then at the 50-day, which is also, I think, the 200-day you've got down there, it got the bounce and moved up in March. Um, And so to your point, we got that snapback. But, yeah, that bottom lower left is the only spot where the 20-day curled over. So every every other time it seemed to get flat and keep moving higher. So, yeah, maybe we get a a little bit of volatility here. I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. But do you guys see that the last trading day was a doji candle? It was, yeah. Very indecisive right there, which yeah. not not promising when you've dropped below a moving average like the 50-day, I don't think. What's your take on that, Kay? No, I mean, from the from the options perspective, it follows a similar pattern as SPY, right? One, It was 1.33 put to call last week. It drops to 1.03, so you have a little bit of a more call options added. And the next week it drops to 1.45 again. So if you see the pattern is same as SPY and QQQ. Now, I think QQQ was dropped because of all the tech pullback that we had. Now, when we get to Apple, I think it, w- it will start making sense when you'll see what I'm talking about. I think this could, this, I, I don't think it's going to be a reversal anytime soon, but I don't think we might, I don't think we're going to you know, crash and burn from here e- either. Right, it it could be just sideways trading, you know, trying to go back to its uh, you know resistance level, try to break that three seventy two, three seventy two, right? Yeah, three seventy two. Yeah. 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 So I mean, three fifty seven is below. What a nice number, and uh, it's you know it could be support just as well, and that's not a huge drop. Three sixty six to three fifty seven, nice and even. Um, that that would be healthy, and we could get support there, and then you know, see what happens. So um, I think that you guys are right, though. The queues look a little bit more precarious than SPY. It does, yeah. And that's just an important, there is um, not all indicators are perfect because obviously the moving averages can easily be broken, just the same as trend lines and support support levels. Um, but yeah, that's where by your indicators. Yeah, good stuff. All right, keep it rolling. Our favorite, Neo. What's going on yeah. with Neo this week, Sean? Do you know what? It's been one of those weeks where there's been not much news, um, which has actually been quite 
quite calm, quite nice. <laughs> you can see in the last, <laughs> last few weeks, we've had quite a lot of news and you can see that reflected in the stock price. Um, the only piece of news I've got is Neo registrations, which is 4,300 um, for this week, which is kind of average. It's not too bad. If you times that by four, I think it's like 17,000-ish. Uh, what was it, 17,200? Yes, that, that's not too bad. I mean, you need an, an extra 900 on average, I think, for the next three weeks too. And, uh, and that's not actually deliveries, it's just registration. So yeah, it's right. kind, of a, kind of a ballpark type thing. Um, that's the only news I've got for the this week. But in terms of the chart, we can see a little bit dangerous on Friday price action. We had a gap down, but we did have a nice kind of buyback, considering the rest of the market, which kind of sold off. And a, a few stocks, a few growth names kind of came back, but not many. Um, so it was nice to see Neo kind of clawing stuff back. And obviously with the Chinese news as well, we had a few Chinese stocks that were quite down, but not for Neo. Um, so Neo showing strength here, showing the buyers are still here. Um, it's just a shame we couldn't reclaim that $13 level mark. Um, yeah. But I think we're kind of around that 20 moving average and we haven't lost it. Um, but like I said, with the, the spine and the QQQ, the next day is vital. Um, if we can, I'm not saying we need a massive day. I just want something to reclaim that $13 level. And that, I think that would be where we're going. Um, well, 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 want it to go, should I say. Um, but yeah, we're still above the 50, still above the 200. They're curling up nicely, still above the trend line. So it's still looking good for Neo in the next kind of six or 12 months, in my opinion. I like the uh, support on Friday, given, you know, kind of the overall market action for the week. And, mm. uh, and then the, the the news of China and the negative sentiment that came along with that, right? I was really wondering if it would mash things down, almost down to that trend line. Um, but no, like you said, the buyers stepped in, so that was good to see. I picked up some Neo this week, and um, yeah. I actually got it, yeah, on the, uh, as you can see on Wednesday, you get a little bit of a lower wick there, and I thought, ooh, that might be the support. I do not want to miss my chance. And so, you know, got in in a position, so I'm excited about it. Um, we'll see how things go this coming week. But, um, yeah, it would be a little bit longer-term trade given the position I'm in. But for me, longer-term means I'm looking to hold this. Uh, if it, even if it pulls back here to the trend line, uh, I'll be patient over the course of weeks and months to get this to return back to 16. So that's the, that's the plan. And if we do get some sideways action, maybe sell some covered calls because the premium has been nice. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm in there with you now, Sean. I'm in there. Welcome aboard. Uh, <laughs> it's a bonus our journey, so what you're used to by now. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, it took me too long to get in, but here I am. Any thoughts on the okay? Uh, I think uh, it's it's always one of those uh, stocks that the put to call is uh, very low, right? So you have 0.46, but for next week it's 0.63, so slightly bearish for next week, as opposed to the general outlook of the stock itself. Nice. Fair enough. All right. Cool. And this one, I've got Airbnb, which is a bit more of a trade opportunity here. Um, I'll, I'll explain. It looks a bit messy on the screen. So this is what I'm here for. I'm going to explain. But just <laughs> run your eyes across the screen with that blue line, um, which is the 50-day moving average. And look at all the red dots of the point of contact. So you can see 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 basically uh, contact points there um so we can see that airbnb likes the 50 um in, in my you know perception of course but where are we now we're on the 50 yeah. and we had a nice little candle on friday where we, we tested the 50 and it bought back up um which for me shows strength obviously we did gap down which is not ideal 
Um, and this is a fairly high risk trade um, for me, but this is one I'll be taking um, for sure. I don't know if, if, you, if you think about that in the future or whether you'll take it either. I don't know what's happened in my words today. Ignore me. <laughs> Ignore my words. <laughs> you know what I'm kind of I think of I translated so, that, though. And um, yeah. yes, actually, I like this setup, Sean. Yeah. This, this but, is really, um, I see what you're getting at. It's a little higher risk, right? But um, Yeah, it is high risk, yeah. So what I'm trying to say is that the, the kind of next support level is 129, and it looks to be fairly solid, in my opinion. And you see the two red lines here. That's kind of where my stop losses would be. So one stop loss is a high risk um, stop loss, which is kind of um, a bit lower, of course, the 128 level. And the 131 level would be slightly um, lower risk, should we say, it's depending on your kind of risk levels. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I trade. I would probably trade the 128 just because who I am. Um, just because it's below that 129, it just makes sense to me. Um, but a lot of people who are kind of day trading or maybe swing trading with a little bit more leverage, uh, might want the 131 just to protect that them, themselves a little bit. Um, but yeah, the targets I've got is 144 and 154. Obviously, you can see that on the chart, just next resistance points, and it kind of coincides with the 20 moving average. So I will be taking this trade if I get an opportunity on, on early on Monday morning. But if it gaps up 5%, obviously I'll lose it. If it, if it gaps down 5%, I'll probably you know re rethink my my approach. But this is what I'm thinking. I'm wondering what you guys think of this potential trade. Oh, I'm gonna jump in first. Oh, I, don't first guy. <laughs> oh, um, I really like your stop loss levels and I'll explain why. So I looked at this initially as okay, using the low of the day for Friday as a, you know, your initial where, where my, where I start the stop loss conversation, I'll say. And I like to give a little bit of space um, below that, that level um, to allow for, you know, a little bit of a shakeout. I, I can't stand getting stopped out right at the price point and then seeing it take off. So I allow a little bit more wiggle room. Um, and then when the, it's a stock like this, where you have a little bit more volatility and potential for upside is, you know, greater than just a couple of dollar uh, swing. Well then, yeah, I like exactly what you're saying, giving yourself a little bit more room to the downside, um, looking for a key level of support and then giving yourself uh, some cushion below that. So yeah, I, I like the 128. I, I could even see, I mean, if, if shares, are going to pull back here a little bit. I mean, even down to 127 for myself, I could, I would be comfortable, I think. Um, so yeah, I like the setup, Sean, this is the, the, the key support level 129 there um, being prior resistance. You know, that's the setup I like to look for. We made a big run and now it's kind of looks like it's ready to give it another go back to 154. I'm, exactly I'm here right. for it. I think the, uh, just to add on, sorry, kids, before we start talking, but if you imagine a fib level, maybe that's coming down to that kind of 40 to 60% level as well, just a kind of observation that I didn't think of putting in, but I've just seen it. Just by looking the fib at levels. Sorry, yeah, I think, yeah, no, fib will be a good one. But I, I think there's, so there are two scenarios that I'm thinking from this perspective. One is that is a hammer. So hammer, a hammer, right? Hammer generally represents, it's it's a bullish so what you, your theory kind of works, right? If it, if it has touched a 50-day moving average, you might want to also look at the 50-day EMA, right? Exponential moving average, because it, it kind of aligns with the recent price action, especially it will take into account the massive price action that has happened in the recently. Now, if we don't get that reversal from here and it breaks down your 129 level, if you notice, it, it failed a couple times to break that until you had some kind of a catalyst to break it up. So then that would become your resistance level if it breaks down and continues a downward trend. But as of right now, on the option side, 
uh, next week is very bearish on Airbnb. You have uh, 1.59 put to call options. Ooh. So 74,000 open interest on the put side and 47,000 open interest on the call side. So that's bearish for next week, at least on the options chain. Okay, so that's very interesting. I'm going to jump back in here, Sean. Um, the the candle setup here, I'm also noticing it's it's if we do get a gap up Monday and then the, the candle for Monday closes a, a 50% or higher of, of the of the Thursday candle that is that dropped down. So if we recover at least, you know, the gap plus 50% of that candle to close on Monday, that's like a, a ridiculously nice candle setup pattern, candle pattern that I look for. And so I would be really excited to see that. Um, even if you don't get in Monday, if you saw that close, that would be a setup I'd be looking for, even if it pulled back a bit on Tuesday for a continuation higher. So I'll just add that into the mix. And uh, yeah, I like this, this overall setup. Definitely something I'll be watching on Monday. Same That's here. Actually, yeah, yeah I'm going to add that as well on the list. I think also it's important to mention that the last four quarters, they've beat top and bottom lines as well. So this would be a bit more of a wow. swing trade for me. So I would be looking to hold for probably at least two months, I would say, because you can see the kind of price action you've got here. It takes a little while to mature. And if you were to hold it, I mean, if it goes up 20% in three days, obviously I'm going to take it, but I'm not expecting that. And um, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't expect that at all. But if it moved up to kind of 160 over the next, next kind of two uh, to three months, then maybe slightly more, then that's that's okay. Um, but yeah, they're doing well as a company. Um, I've on visual stocks, it's a great website if you're not into that. Um, but yeah, um, okay. Is there any news on analysts on this type of thing? I forgot to look it up, but it'd be quite interesting to see. I can um, give me one second. I will take a look. One second. Yeah, and, and obviously yeah. since since COVID, with the reopening of kind of travel industry and that kind of stuff, obviously it's a little bit more expensive to kind of run travel. But I think they're kind of um, working on the operating costs as well, and it's clearly coming across in the top and bottom line, which I think is really impressive, to be honest. Oh, they become synonymous with travel, right? Like if I say I'm going to go somewhere, I get asked, are you going to hotel it or Airbnb it, right? Exactly like right, it's yeah. part of the conversation now. So and, right uh, now, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, right now the Wall Street has a hold rating on Airbnb. Um, but the analysts, the, the Seeking Alpha analysts have a buy rating right now. Um Short interest is 5.95%, so it's not that high either. So That was going to be my next question. Yeah, it's it's not that high, and I mean, I mean, year to date, the stock is uh, up fifty seven percent. Yeah, a lot of stocks like that, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's true. This is a good setup. I like the setup a lot. I'll be watching Monday. Yeah, it's a wait and watch on this one. Definitely, it's it's an opportunity to get in, and you know, if it goes back to one fifty four, that's a good trade right there. And just before I completely disappear, I have started a new Substack, so you can check it down below nice. in the description. It's basically a trade idea every week, every Sunday. I haven't had a set time yet. I'm still kind of playing around the Substack. And uh, with that, I'll hand it over to the wonderful Nate for his charts. Awesome. Thanks, Sean. Definitely check out his Substack. Sean, if you have any questions, I've been on Substack for yeah. a while with the, oh, traders, yeah, with the Traders Education Newsletter, and uh, I love it. It's a... Great so so it completes the trinity of us. All three of us have sub stacks now. Hey, yeah, yeah. Nice. I felt left out, so I had to get in there somehow. <laughs> Be sure to check out Kay's. What is what is your newsletter called, Kay? So, so my newsletter is the same. Uh, it's called Invest for Tomorrow, and I mostly talk about uh, the wheel strategy, covered calls, options, but I will also throw a couple of you know analysis on stocks and stuff like that. 
depending upon what kind of stuff people like. But it's mostly trade ideas on the option side. Sean, is yours called Sean Trades? I believe so, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I don't even know the name of it. I, yeah, it's it. <laughs> I think it's just Sean Trades, yeah. Yeah, nice. And then I've got a trader's education out there on Substack. So go check them all out, guys. And uh, we'll keep this going. We got earnings this week with Home Depot. So I wanted to take a look at the chart and uh, try to keep up with all the great trades that Sean's putting forward, trade ideas um, and opportunities we might be seeing. And Home Depot sets up kind of nicely, I think. Um, So, you know, I've got this broader look here going back. Um, all the way back, how far does this go, into 2022. And you can see that we've been forming some higher lows in the bases there. And most recently this year, really a long bit of consolidation, um, holding around 280. And then now we've seen it push higher. Um, The 20 moving average, 20 day moving average crossed above the 50. And then the 50 crossed above the 150. So I got those both highlighted there. And um, yeah, very nice move up uh, in the last few months for Home Depot. Um, and we're right back up to this 335 level, touched it and then pulled back. And now we're making it, it looks like it's it's trying to re uh, get another shot at it and uh, retake the 335 level. And if it does, um, I'll be looking for a retest and then move higher. So um, I'm thinking that it might be a nice setup. We're heading into earnings. Um, you get a big pop on earnings and then some profit taking from the folks who have been waiting to get back to this level. And then on that profit taking, you know, take your entry. That's what I'm looking at anyways. Um, Sean, that's kind of a, a setup I thought maybe would catch your your attention. What are your thoughts here? It certainly has. And I've just written down HG35 um, on my notes. Nice. So th- this does, because this is exactly what I look for. Um, it's breakout trading. So a nice little <clears throat> break through the resistance, come down, retest, uh, enter kind of roughly around that area, around that 333 level that you've got here on, on this chart. And then... Um, that they make another move up. But you said it nicely there with the earnings. If we get a pop and then maybe a sell-off after that, um, that that would be obviously a great time to buy. Now, if you're playing at obviously high risk, you could play it before, but I wouldn't do that myself uh, just because if you get poor earnings and we break the 20 moving average, then you're in the, you know, the big hole. Um, so that's, the, yeah, always be careful with your kind of positioning um, and, and just be patient. Wait for, wait for the ideal entry. Don't rush into anything because um, you can very quickly get burnt. Yeah, I tell you what, I don't usually trade before earnings as well. Like I, I usually like to wait and play afterwards or I'll sell calls into earnings. Um, but if I do get excited and take a trade before earnings, I'll be sure to announce it loudly so everybody else can take the opposite side because I never get earnings right. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. Every time I get aggressive and think I'm going to take on the risk here, this thing's going to power higher. It just doesn't work out. And then the next trade, I'll think, oh, yeah, I feel the same way, but I'm not going to get in early. I'll wait. Oh, and it'll 25%. You know, it'll be NVIDIA or something. So, yeah, you know, if I'm in, take the opposite. No, Take take the opposite. No, so I I personally think, I think this is a great setup. Now, I am not going to trade Home Depot, uh, whether from the option side, it's in my long-term portfolio. So I'm actually going to look at the retracement to add more to my position um nice. like from a dividend yeah from a dividend standpoint but i think um uh there's a lot of hedging going on for next week because they're reporting earnings is options put to call is 1.11 uh 49900 put options versus 45000 so pretty even right so yeah. it's whichever side the earning goes you know the stock will move um and i i think uh, i'll just wait for what you guys have just said for the retracement profit taking and then maybe add further to the position yep 
you heard it here. Three out of three. We're going to wait to see how earnings plays out and then take advantage of the action afterwards. So um, another name that's not usually one that I'm covering, on, you know, like uh, Kay has mentioned, we're usually heavy into tech and what have you. But uh, here's Transocean, ticker RIG. And I kind of like this setup here. Um, another one anyways, I should say. So we got above the 769 high um, from earlier on in you know this year in 2023. And this year it's up, I think, nearly a double. I think we got a double this year so far. And it's come back, touched support at 769 and quickly rebounded, got back above the 20 day last week and is retested 880. But it did pull back. You see some long wicks on the upside there. So finding some resistance at 880. So there's kind of two trades I'm looking at here, either a breakthrough of that level and then a retest and take an entry on a breakout trade and looking at getting at nine and a half or ten ten dollars for the next levels Um, or a rejection here. And if you know if you're already in the trade, a potential to sell covered calls at about the eight fifty or nine dollar levels, especially if you're able to get in earlier this year before that big break of the wedge. Um, really nice opportunity to, you know, you're not going to worry about your cost basis, sell some cover calls, collect some cash. And uh, if they do get called away, you've made a really nice trade regardless um, and collected some additional premium. Um, but that being said, uh, I added a couple of indicators at the bottom of the chart here as well. So the, you've got volume, but then you've got ATRs or average trading range. And that's telling you about how much uh, and on the day, uh, the ticker's moving, right, from top to bottom. And so recently, it's about a $0.40 cent move for um, for RIG here, so for RIG. That's pretty large, given that it's only an 880, you know, 860 it closed at on Friday. So that's why I think if it does break out, we're going to get to 950 pretty quick and maybe even to 10. It won't take long necessarily. The flip side of that is it could go the other way pretty quick as well. Um, and you get rewarded for all of that volatility usually when uh, with the options by selling and collecting large premiums. But you'll know at the very bottom of the chart here, you notice that's implied volatility and it is not at high levels. It's actually very low. So with implied volatility being so low, it doesn't really juice the options prices and give you the added premium. So I actually look more to be using options as a play for upside right here, um, unless we get you know, that rejection and a little bit of a juice to the, the premiums. Um, so, yeah, I think I said enough on rig here. Uh, is this one jump off the page to you in any way, Sean? Not really, no. Um, <laughs> honest with you. Um, it's so I, great. I, I see a potential of a breakout trade, of course, and as you mentioned, that kind of 880 level. I really like that because you can see nice. four, four contact points um, on four, obviously, almost five different occasions right um, around that kind of 880, probably 870 level. So if we can make a push up to nine and uh, maybe come back down, retest uh, an entry around kind of 880, 870 might be nice, especially with that 20 moving average just below you as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But apart from that, that's, um, I mean, I've written that down, so I'm ready to go with that one. But um, apart you, from that, it doesn't really appeal to me, if I'm honest. If you got that kind of a trade setup where we got the break to nine, pull back to 880, 870 or so, and you took an entry, um, the 20 day moving average would be right around there as well. Um, so it, there wouldn't be like a big gap necessarily. How would you set your stop loss? If you don't mind me putting you on the spot there. Yeah, that's okay. Um, for this one, I would dive down into the smaller time zones. So I'd ah. be looking at kind of the one hour and see where the 20 is there and see where the kind of moving averages are there. Because part of one of my strategies is um, 
if the stop moves up and obviously the moving average has come up, I'll just kind of follow up the stop loss with the moving average. Right. Um, if I feel particularly confident on the trade, I'll probably keep it just about break even because at least I don't lose any money, of course. Um, but trading is all about kind of having the confidence and making money basically at the end of the day. So if you follow up with the, the moving average um, and then at least you're kind of slowly making more money kind of by the by the minute almost if you if you're if you're looking at that much but obviously for me it wouldn't be that case but yeah the, the one hour and then the 15 and then the five is kind of be where i'm looking to be exit but that's only because i don't really know the stock if it's for me yeah, right. i kind of know where the levels are um and, and palantir of course but if it's is it this that with this company then it's kind of i'll just you know if it makes a move up and great you know i'm sorry if i Trade setup happens. I, I go forward it with it, it, and then yeah. I'll just basically cut it as soon as it kind of starts pulling back. It I'll sounds a bit kind of loose, but I mean that's just how I trade. With these no, no, I actually like that. And when you're not um, familiar with the stock, I, I do the exact same thing. I'll just go back and look at time frames and and try to figure out which time frame is respecting the moving averages more so Lovely. than others. And if it's the one hour, great. If it's the fifteen minute, then I might look at that for setting levels and stop losses. So. Sounds like we have a similar approach there. Yeah. Anything to add to rig and Transocean here, Kay, before we move forward? No, I think uh, options standpoint, it's uh, 0.9, uh, so pretty flat out. Uh, 123K put options versus 137K call options for next week. Nice. Well, keep it rolling, but um, real quick, I just mentioned the ATR and applied volatility are two two indicators I'll be talking a little bit more and about in the future. And, you know, when... One thing I'll just mention is the ATR, as the shares are kind of consolidating, if you get the average true range tightening up, you know, it kind of indicates that um, buyers and sellers are, are getting in the same kind of mindset or right in the same price level, and you're going to be looking for a breakout. And when you do get that breakout, you usually get a big volume spike. And so that pivot point is something I look, use ATR to look for, like a decline into a volume spike. And if that happens... Uh, it can be a nice setup for a near-term move higher. So something to watch. And uh, let's look at the last couple of names we got this week. Hand it over to you, Kay. Oh, awesome. So uh, I tried this time to kind of paint a picture here for Apple. And um, there is no trade setup, honestly, for Apple at this point in time. Uh, this is a hold, wait and watch for Apple because Apple is your the bellwether for the stock market, Right. Mostly where Apple moves, pretty much the stock market moves. It, it, it has that effect on the stock market. Now, uh, one interesting, while I was doing some research on Apple, one of the interesting uh, the notes that came out, currently Apple's earning is trading at 32.3 times the earning. And when was Apple trading at these levels was during the pandemic, when they were at 32 times the earnings during pandemic. Um, and then if you add that to the couple of layers of the news, what happened with the latest earning was slowdown in the iPhone, right? right? There's no there's no doom and gloom with Apple, but Apple's slowdown has started seeing in the phone category. So what is the next catalyst that is coming up? It is coming up the your September event, which they, the biggest product that will come out will be Apple iPhone. Uh, there isn't... Based on the Mac rumors and stuff that I follow, we don't see any major overhauling in the phone. So it's still going to be a similar phone. Maybe they'll come up in another category of phone. Go for it, Sean. USB-C. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, USB-C. So yes, yeah, okay. Does that lock out? Does that lock out? 
That's pretty big change, right? For the whole That's world. a big change. Okay, yeah. granted. But is that going to cause Apple to go to all-time highs? Uh, I don't know. Okay, granted. I'll take that. But it's still so, news I'm happy about for the. <laughs> <laughs> but now, if you take a look at it, right? if you look at Apple's stock chart on the left-hand side, which is the daily candle, right? It will look like a doom and gloom situation for Apple stock, right? The RSI is dropped to 30, which is in the oversold category. Now you take a look at on the weekly side, you have this big massive candle on the sell and Apple has dropped below its 180 and 63 cents. On the, these are the fib levels that we have. So honestly, and on the RSI is only at 53 on the weekly chart. And I think there is more potential for downside on Apple as opposed to upside. And if I really want to get into Apple, I would be targeting, first, I want to see if Apple can go back and hold the 180. Most likely, if it doesn't, then I will see at a 169, that will be my next level. A lot of analysts are targeting 166 level. So depending mm -hmm. upon who you watch, uh, how they analyze the stock, their resistance level, a lot of folks are targeting 166. That is somewhere, you know, pretty similar, like 169, 166 is the level that you can probably target to get in. But I would want to see the trend of Apple before I even, you know, think about uh, trading Apple or, you know, opening a new position. These are still pretty high levels and the stock is in a, is in a place where you don't know where it will go. It will be driven by the September updates that are going to come. And that will tell us how Apple sees, you know, the future, uh, you know, couple quarters and, and the response we get from customers. I do not like the lower low on friday like you would hope it would have pushed a little bit higher and held a higher low than the rest of the week but it did not it got a little lower it looks like yeah that friday candle yeah and um yeah i don't like catching a fallen knife and this kind of looks a little bit like that although that's kind of weird to say for apple given how big of a name <laughs> it is right i don't know how far it's gonna fall necessarily but uh yeah i don't see why it couldn't fall further from here yeah sean I think, any thoughts I think on apple it's, it's, it's dropped 10% since um, its all-time highs in, uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, um, that's significant, right? That's 10%. It's quite big for a stock, the biggest stock in, in, in the world, isn't it, really? But yeah. In, in market cap. Yeah. And for me, if, if it drops much further than that, it's kind of 15 20%, then people are going to really start thinking, what is going on? Like, where's the market going? Because this essentially is the market driver. But I'm just looking at my chart here, and I've got a, a level at 176. Um, not I've just haven't just drawn this. This is kind of I've brought it up, and that's where it is because that's kind of previous previous levels. So I think kind of trading sideways would be the best way for this stock at the moment. I, I know it doesn't really comply with the kind of weekly candle, but uh, the weekly moving average. But that's not going to move that dramatically if the stock stays still. So I yep. think maybe just cool down at this kind of ten percent drop level, and maybe just have a nice ease for the backup. And we can see that you know Apple can do that, of course, but. Like you say, it needs a catalyst, I think, to do that. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Apple, but I'm staying away from it personally. Exactly. I, I think both of you have the similar sentiment, right? Because at this point of time, we don't know if Apple can hold that 177 or 176 or it will fall down to mm. your 169 or 166 levels. Everybody has their own levels, but bottom line, I think we all agree, this is a wait and watch and hold no need to you know force a trade or add and open a new position at these levels 
I do like a gap fill, and I do see the gap there down to about 175, it looks like. And we're right there, so maybe we'll get a gap fill and bounce. Um, that's the trade I'd be looking at, potentially, if we get a good, strong bounce out of that gap. that looked like it formed in May. Yeah, mid-May. So it's an interesting spot for Apple. I dropped down to 166 at 16%. That's just massive, isn't it, for Apple? It is, it is. But that also creates happen, yeah, but that also creates an opportunity for buyers to come back in, right? Because then you can exactly. open new positions for investors and traders as well, because then you have another all-time high. If you notice on the weekly, right, 175 was our all-time high from August 2022. And when Apple broke that new all-time high, it just kept making new all-time high week after week, week after week. And I think I think it is important for Apple to take a breather, pull back, give up some of those gains, take a breather, and then try to make a new all-time higher. I think there's definitely one to keep on the watch list because um, this stock could obviously move the market, as we've said, but with CPI reports and all of that, if this stock starts moving, it could actually move the market more than all of those reports. I don't know if that's a yep. stupid, it's a bit naive perhaps, but I think we can see what it's done already. Um, yeah. It's, it's in every single ETF. It's in, you know, everybody's 401k and so yeah. on. So, no, I agree with your sentiment there. Yeah, Definitely and that's why we cover much. Apple, right? That's that's the reason we cover Apple. You know, it's uh, it's mm. pretty much everybody owns uh, at least some Apple in some way or the other form. You right? can't avoid it. Yep. You cannot avoid it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, so this is... Uh, go ahead. John. Sorry, no, no, I was just saying well done for bringing that up because I think we need to see this chart. Yeah, we got to yeah. see this chart. Keep going, Kay. We okay. We got another one? Yes, I have the last one, and this could be a trade setup. So this is Square. Uh, and I'm kind of started liking Square at these levels hmm. because 58 was their all-time low for a while, then it hit the 51, and then it bounced back up. But a couple of important points for them is that, number one is they have had their EPS and revenue beat recently, and they have had that for a long time. Now, uh, the drop that we saw this massive drop. Last week, we talked about the PayPal effect. But I think when you deep dive into their earnings report further, what we saw was that it is also the slow growth of the company itself. Um, the cash app is the most important aspect of uh, Square at the current point in time. That That is growing at a very good level. Uh, the problem between Square and PayPal, Square is not a profitable company yet. PayPal is. And still PayPal is, you know, getting pretty beat up. Yeah. I know we didn't cover PayPal this week. Um, it really is getting beat up though. <laughs> exactly. The put to call on uh, this one is 0.62. You know, you have more call options. Again, you know, with fintech stocks, what ends up happening is it's a fan favorite. It's a retail favorite. You know, whether you take Square, PayPal, SoFi, Upstart, it's just like a lot of retail investors like fintech. But what I'm really liking with this chart right now is uh, my levels at about 59.61. That is the level that I'm targeting for a bounce. Uh, if that doesn't happen, I will. I have both trading and I do uh, long-term investment on Square. So those are my levels where I will tend to add to my position while also opening cash secured puts and trying to you know do a trade on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis on square those are a couple levels i'm really looking for the bounce to happen at 59 if not then we would want to see if it continues to, you know having a falling knife or we you know we find some kind of a resistance 
Sorry, huge relief that I'm not the only one who calls this square still. So I don't know anybody who refers to this stock as block, but mm-hmm. uh, I didn't yeah. hear you say block <laughs> once, Kane. It made me feel good. So, <laughs> and I think we are right at that. Uh, I agree with you, 59.61, nice support level. Look for a bounce there. Um, it looks like it's not fully respected, so it might you know get a little bit lower, um, pushing to, to the 59, 58, 50, or somewhere around there. But as, as long as you get a snap back and show some support there, um, that could be a nice entry for, as you mentioned, longer term. In the shorter term, it's tougher because we are below all those moving average uh, exactly. averages. And uh, so that makes it a little tougher trade. Would you agree, Sean? Yeah, I think it, the, the higher low would be nice to see. So if it goes anywhere basically above 57, I think that would be good, I think, for the long term investors. But anything below that, I think, yeah trouble but it'll be tough yeah 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 good call yeah and, and if you notice i have switched from simple moving average to exponential moving averages now so, yeah explain yes. that so one of the reasons we do that is exponential moving averages actually because you notice a lot of stocks they have a big gap ups right the volume spikes and the price spikes up and and the simple moving averages it just takes too long to catch up to those so especially when you're trading a lot of traders actually use EMA more than SMA. And that kind of helps you identify the price movement much faster and identify any trend changes much faster as opposed to SMA. So I have started you know, experimenting with EMA to see if my reading is still the same as SMA. And then eventually I want to get into the VWAP. I think that is also a holy grail for traders, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the trading world, the VWAP. Uh, so something, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, testing it out. And before I actually present to you guys, uh, that's in the works right now. I'm looking forward to that. Another two or three weeks. I want uh, concrete evidence at this point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, John, I was curious, do you use the exponential moving averages? Because I do on shorter timeframes, but I haven't looked at it on the daily. No, I'm quite. As I'm, I'm a simple man, so I use simple moving simple averages. Simple moving think, averages. Simple. But it'd be something that I'm open to um, to exploring. Definitely, I think it's just a habit. I've just had them on my charts, and they're just there. So, I just uh, haven't really moved away from them. Yeah, personally, I feel like um, you know you use what you're comfortable with and what works best. Um, and I've used the EMAs on shorter term timeframes because I did find that like if you're looking at 10, 15 minutes, like you said, Kate, it 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 um gives more weight to the more recent price action. So uh, a little bit more accurate in those tighter windows, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd be curious to hear what you say uh, when you're taking a look and experiment and look and back test this a bit. Yep, exactly. So we got That's some new indicators this week and yeah, it's good. Did I cut you off there, Kay? No, no, that's it from my side. We are good to go. I love it. So yeah, I was gonna say, we had good indicators this week that we're, we hadn't really looked at before, right? I, Brought into the mix average to range, um, looking at implied volatility a little bit. Um, we've got new tickers in this week from you know to take a look at as well. So Airbnb with a nice trade setup idea. Um, trying to keep it fresh and bring some new stuff to the table this week. So I think that's good. Um, I like to you know always trade what's familiar with me, but if you get your you know a little bit different perspective by looking at different uh, even sectors and just different names. Uh, taking ideas from other traders like we like to do every week here. It just builds out your, you know, experience level that much faster. And I think it helps you with your overall trading. So, yeah, I really like that we got a little diversity in our charts this week, go a little bit different directions. 
Um, what about you, Sean? What would you add this week as we close out? Yeah, I think just touching on that, it's important to stay out of your kind of comfort zone, kind of explore new things, because that's how you kind of grow as a person, let alone as a trader. Um, yeah, well said. Staying outside your, your comfort zone is ideal. But apart from that, like and subscribe. We haven't mentioned it at all in this whole video. Not once. <laughs> this whole video. We need to really improve on that, I think. But yeah, if you do enjoy this content, obviously please do like and subscribe. But we really do appreciate it. We're almost at 100 now, and our aim is to get to 100 before the end of August. So make it happen. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. And you can tell we're so excited about the charts. We just completely forget to ask. So yeah, yeah help us out with the subscribes and the likes. And how about you, Kay? What would you wrap with this week? So I would say, you know, like and subscribe because we forgot to say it again. Um, <laughs> I, I Personally, for me, I think um, you guys hit the nail on the head, right? I think uh, improving every single week is more important than, you know, just trying to get a successful trade in. Because I think um, if even if you improve 0.1%, you know, over the course of an year, you will make dramatic changes. And and I think uh, uh, trying to test, try new things, not just new tickers, but trying new methodologies, you know, watching more people, uh, you know, trying to understand the, the method behind the madness and not just following a ticker and, you know, repeating what somebody is doing because you will never understand uh how to fish you want to learn how to fish not just eat the fish That's yeah it. random alerts right random yeah. alerts don't really yeah. teach you much no oh well said Kay. um good stuff all the way around yet again this week i feel like i'm always learning stuff so hopefully everybody out there is learning as well and again appreciate the the likes and the subscribes trying to get to 100 and i hope everybody has a great week of trading ahead and especially you guys sean Kay. thanks again i'll try to be a better host next week and remember to Get all my like and subscribe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a great week. Take care. Take care. Bye bye.